This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Lieutenant Daniel Prue, who's currently manning the Science One station. Uh, Daniel... Didn't you just return from Ryza? Didn't you bring back some souvenirs? Oh, I brought back so many souvenirs. Um, listen, for you, Philip, and for our other co-host, Darren, I've got these great things. They're called Horgons. I just I want you to take them and bring them with you wherever you go for a week. And uh, the Ryzen people say good luck will, and fortune will come to you for the rest of your life. So you just have to keep them. You know, if you're going to go lounge by the pool, just keep them next to you or out visible where everybody can see them. And trust me, trust me, trust me, very good things will fall to you. Okay. You seem to be waggling your eyebrows a lot, but okay. Sounds like good advice. All right. Well, I, I, I would, Daniel, except for I wanted to read 30 books. And so I have these 30 pads in my hands. And so I actually don't have any room to carry that. I'm sorry. Well, I don't think we're allowed to talk about literary tricks as intro music. Um, but as you, everyone just heard, I'm also joined by my other co-host, Chief Engineer, Lieutenant Commander Darren Moser. Uh, Darren, I could have sworn I heard music the last time I was down in engineering. Can you, can you shed any light on this? Well, actually, it did take until the 24th century to perfect, but actually the kazoo has really made a comeback this last decade. So I found this great spot in the Jeffrey's Tube, and I I do my rendition of the inner light of a, a la kazoo in there, and it, it resonates in such a way it actually doesn't sound like utter crap. Darren, can I? If you're going to play the kazoo, can I play the banjo? Oh, I mean, you, the two have to be paired I, together. I mean, it's it's it, that's how we figured out how to make the kazoo okay, work. Exactly. I think that's what makes you guys a great couple. <laughs> and speaking of great couples, um, if, if if our listeners haven't figured out, probably not. We're actually doing a unique episode a subject this week. Um, we're going to concentrate. We're going we're gonna, to you know let love be in the air a little bit. We're going to have the lights at 75% power and, and maybe turn on some light salsa music in the background. We are going to be talking about the romances of Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. Um, because, you know, Jean-Luc, like, like many characters in The Next Generation and like in all of Star Trek, had his share of romances, you know, some more successful than others. Um, and we're just going to go right into it. And, and we're not even going to avoid the big issues. We're going to go into the... the, the the first category of romances is what I call sort of the long-term romances. And we're just going to hit the, the obvious one right away. Beverly Crusher. So, Daniel, you, I know, have had the DNA test done on Wesley. What is your, <laughs> what are your thoughts about the, the seven-year-long saga, will they, won't they, Jean-Luc, Beverly? I, 
you know, we, we got into this a little bit when we talked about Captain Picard. And, um, I, you know, I feel the same way now as I did then. It's just, I, I'm okay with it either way. You know, it's not, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I like, I like that it was like kind of a thing that they flirted with the edges, you know, like occasionally they would bring it up and, and, you know, you know, Philip, we talked about this before, like in the early seasons, it was kind of a, an ongoing gag almost like for the, one of them to try to profess their love and something were to happen and they never got to say it. I, I, I kind of like that. That was fun. And then, um, of course, we see them married or divorced in uh, All Good Things. And, you know, I I, I like, I love Captain Picard and, and Beverly's okay. And, and they had good chemistry. Um, but I, I, I'm glad it was never really a thing that took up too much time. I, I like, I think they used it just enough. Just any, any more. And I think I probably would have got sick of it. Okay, and so when you say you love Jean-Luc, is there a version of the Danfic where you and him... Never mind, I'm <laughs> going to move on to Darren here. Um, Darren, what are your thoughts on pressure? Oh, you already took uh, half of what I was going to say with that Dan comment <laughs> right there. But uh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I was, you know, what Daniel was saying actually made me think, okay, we never do see them married. So we've talked before about how the 24th century, you know, relationships are very different. Do they just go straight from, you know, dating to divorce? <laughs> Is that pretty much uh, the new, the new standard? But uh, no, I think, you know, they worked it worked way better which is terrible english but uh you know the way that they worked these two characters together um you know i part of me is kind of glad though there was not as much payoff as we got i know that kind of goes against fandom and you know you you want payoff when you hint at characters but often you know characters get put together too soon and it really does change the dynamic and while you know she isn't really beaming down into dangerous firestorms all the time. You know, she is put in danger and, and she, you know, you know, Beverly does have a, a key part on this ship and not even to mention like the whole Wesley dynamic. I mean, that's just kind of this awkward thing in the room. Uh, but you know, I, I feel it probably was the better choice to not have them connect like in season three and just be a thing. Like, to ha- almost have that love and lost to the never to have loved at all. Because yeah, I think about, and, and not to steal this from Standard Orbit, but and, and I may get the details wrong, but I, I always feel like one of the reasons, and it may be one of several, but one of the reasons Yeoman Rand was taken off TOS is because they didn't want Kirk to be tied down to one woman. But with Picard and Beverly, you know, she was, she was there. She's like a main character. Um, but that, that relationship kind of ebbed and flowed and, and it kind of does remind you of like I was going to say a '90s sitcom, but obviously you could use a sitcom coming on you know, that's on the air now of like the will they won't be like they were never on the same page. Like there were times where like Picard was more into dating and she wasn't, and then Beverly was more into it and he wasn't, and then there'd be times where like you know Beverly's love of the week would go to Picard and be like, man, Beverly sure is awesome, and he's like. Yeah, 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 and then like you see the reverse when you know Picard's romance and Beverly would be like, oh, so what's going on here? And so I, I did like that it was kind of always there, like we said, and they set it up early. Um, and then the, the to, I think they're actually my favorite couple. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. I like them better than than record and Troy because I've already talked about that. But um, yeah, and, and I, I'm not disappointed that they didn't end up like like Nemesis. 
Like they didn't be like, oh, well, let's go get married or whatever. You know, this wedding gives me an idea. You know, I, I thought that was sort of an interesting thing. I mean, did you all think that there should have been more closure there with Nemesis, or were you fine with the the, the nod from All Good Things and never mention it again for four movies? I, I'd have to say. All Good Things is just the best wrap-up that any sort of forced closure after it is just messing with things that shouldn't be messed with, in my in my. Well, opinion. the thing about Nemesis compared to, to All Good Things is it's already a different timeline. It's already a different future. So who knows if they would have ever gotten married in, in the prime timeline there. Because um, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, are you guys familiar with the books? I, I haven't read any of the books. Does she go off to, no, to command the Pasteur? past nemesis like like she had had no good things or from what little i know of listening to trek.fm literary treks is um i think that like beverly they end up getting married and having a child and then like she's currently like like uh the medical officer on deep space nine or something oh, like of course because of course, of course everything's in deep space nine <laughs> right so uh, but i mean so they, they did eventually marry and have children yeah. so I, yeah, I was just—I was just curious because uh, I don't know if they would try to bring bring that full circle or not. Uh, no, to answer your question, Philip, I don't. No, I didn't. I didn't. Again, I didn't need anything more than than what, what was given uh, with those two. Yeah, yeah, because I, I really liked um, attached. Yeah, it's a, the episode. Yeah. Um, because I think I thought that, that is like the that, relationship that, episode between yeah, these two. I, I felt like it, re- and I know we talked about it a little bit before, but I really like where you know Jean Luc finally comes out and says like, you know, yeah, I was in love with you before you know the enterprise but you know hey you're my best friend's wife and so i kind of you know let that thing go so it, it was definitely i was mean, kind of a retro you know whatever but 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 i really liked it and I, it was very subtle i like that because there were times where like they would make out every you know <laughs> every other season. seasons yeah you know but so so i liked it always so, due to so, some socotropic drug or something <laughs> in the system never never by volunteer but no like right. like you said philip i mean I think we covered it a bit in Earl Grey Nine, Triker, Crashard, and Torf with uh, <laughs> just, you know, yeah, Attached is really, you know, that is the episode between these two. I mean, even more so than All Good Things, because that's actually our Picard and Crusher, you know, in the 24th century, in the middle of their tour on the Enterprise. And, you know, we... That that's where the the writers kind of go right up to the line and then don't cross it, you know. And the, and, that's and I, I guarantee with. you that there are people who who criticize that episode for doing that, but I actually think that's a strength of the episode. I, I also really enjoy that episode, but I really like that it, like Philip says, it's much more subtle than that. Like you think that it's it's meant to set this up, but it's actually it's it's more about their f- relationship as a whole, like as a friendship. You know, and what they've gone yeah. through over, you know, presumably years and years and years and years, even beyond what we see. So I, I can appreciate right. it for that. I, I, I really actually I think that's a really good uh, season seven episode. Yeah. And I always enjoyed how even throughout the entire series, I mean, from Encounter throughout, like she was the only one who called him mm-hmm. Jean-Luc, who could kind of approach him. Like, I think Counselor Troy had her own way that she could approach him and Riker had his own way. But Beverly also had her own way. Yes, I'm your CMO, but I'm also your friend. I've known you really long. You're my best friend's, you know, or my my husband's best friend, and all this weird stuff. And so it was definitely like this, you know, whatever's between friendship and marriage, you know, whatever kind of relationship that that I thought that all worked. I do. I still do think it's weird that he like 
allegedly carried uh, the dead body of <laughs> Jack Crusher to the other Crushers, like, like they mentioned in Encounter. He brought home my father. It's like weird. I don't know. It's just a weird thing in my head. Well, you know, she had to sign for that. <laughs> you know, you just can't. Anyway. Well, we'll, we'll move in. There's, there's, there's another... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> had to sign for that. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Oh, goodness. Uh, these are the things we keep <laughs> in the podcast. Um, and so, <laughs> moving on to another character who is sort of a long-term romance, though I guess you could kind of play with the long-terminess, was Vosh. Um, which I'm sure everyone knows, but just to refresh, um, she appeared in Captain's Holiday and then um, continued and came back um, for Cupid. Um, and then, well, I guess she showed up later in another series, which shall not be named. But but at least, you know, we, we at least got to see her more than once. And so that's, that's certainly more than it can be said for most of Picard's romances. So I'll I'll reverse the order. So, Darren, what did you think of Picard Vosh? Um, yeah, this was... Again, someone who seemed so outside of who we'd expect Captain Picard to get together with that, you know, you, you kind of never really, ex- you never really gave it its full value. You're like, okay, like, yes, they're introducing this character, but I really don't expect the writers to do anything with it. It's, you know, again, it's someone more from his past and uh, it's really just a, uh, it seemed, I mean, does it? Am I the only one who feels like Cupid is just an elaborate plot to just get the characters in some pre-existing Robin Hood costumes they just happen to have on in the back lot? Because, uh, it, I mean, like, well, Q can make anything happen, guys. So let's just let's just put Q in it, and uh, and uh, let's just uh, he's got a something. I don't know. You guys just, I'm going to lock you in the room, the writer room, for like an hour, and you guys just figure it out. We need to use these costumes, okay? Guys, what's in the public domain? I don't want a Sherlock Holmes episode again. Yeah, I don't. I don't want us to be. We got the cease and desist from the Conan Doyle estate. You guys didn't do your research, so uh, I'm pretty sure Robin Hood is in the public domain. So that's no, where we're going. I'm actually trying to think. When did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, come 19, out? Wouldn't that have been the same time? I feel like it was '94, but I'm I'm literally pulling that year out of out of thin air. Okay, but anyway. I don't know if they're trying to capitalize there, but anyway, maybe Robin Hood was in vogue was there it, in the early nineties. Was okay. We might want to cut this whole part out, but was Patrick Stewart in Prince of Thieves? Yeah, no, no, he was in the one that made fun of it. He was Pr- in Prince of Men Thieves ninety one. Men in, was in why Men am I think, I was actually thinking that's the same film. So yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, Men in Tights. <laughs> no, absolutely not <laughs> no, the I same know. film, but I can kind of, no, no because, I can't even no. see how you would expect this. Unlike other Robin Hoods, yeah. that one could speak with an English <laughs> accent. Yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves was 91, and Robin Hood, Men in Tights was 93. Ah, that's what I was actually thinking of the whole time. All right, so so I I think like with Prince of Thieves coming out in '91 that maybe that was a, I don't know I'd have to check but um well well Daniel what you what you think because I think you know Vosh is to me Vosh and I may be throwing this out seems like your kind of woman you know she's not like the the standard Starfleet you know buttoned up whatever she's a little more wild so what do you think about Jean Luc and Vosh? Uh, I I generally like Vosh as a character. Um, she's she's interesting. She might be um, a little too gung ho. She reminds me a lot of, um, and you guys might might have to fill in the blanks here. I can't the, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark woman, um, uh, Marion Ravenwood. Yes, she reminds me a lot of that type of character. And that's interesting. I and. You know, you know, she's she's well, whatever. And spunky um, doesn't yeah, doesn't take anything. She doesn't from take him. anything. Spunky from Brunette. Yeah. 
you know, you, you feel you feel like, you know, if if Vosh could drink a whole bunch of, you know, Russians under the table, <laughs> she could drink Picard under the table <laughs> and tea, with a spiked tea. So you know, I like her as a character, and both the, those episodes are, um, I actually think, really fun, really um, good episodes, good solid episodes. I you know, of course, um, the the Deep Space Nine episode. I know we're not supposed to mention it, but. Uh, you know, is a disservice to, to everyone involved, TNG characters and Deep Space Nine characters alike. I mean, it so. was a terrible Q episode and a terrible Vosh episode. It was yeah. just a terrible episode all around. Well, I, I don't know. From that episode, I really think of Vosh as more as a DS9 <laughs> character, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, you know, but I I, uh, I like her as a character, uh, and I can see why uh, the character of Picard would be would like find her appealing. And, you know, not to get too racy on Earl Grey, the, the very G-rated show, but I think it's more of a, like, a physical attraction. You know, it's uh, more and more, it's not like, a, uh, to me, it's not like a deep emotional connection. She has a it's thing like, for bald men, is Exactly, that what you're yeah. And they want, they had an adventure together. And <laughs> men they, in power. They spent, the, exactly, and they spent the night in the cave together, and it was just like a thing. It was a fling. Well, it's like the whole speed, like the movie, you know, like, like, I don't think you could really have a lasting relationship just because you went through yeah. that together. But, you know, adrenaline's going. Exactly. Things happen. Exactly. But then that's interesting because then you have Cupid because you could just be like, well, Vosh is this, you know, one episode off, whatever. But then they bring her back and certainly you see, which I think, I, I think Cupid is actually very interesting in some respects because you have that whole, who is Jean-Luc? Because, you know, the whole, like, well, he's a very private person. And then Vosh kind of attacks him. Like, well, you know, what what the heck? I thought we had a good time. I thought something meant. And he's like, I don't share that with my officers. I'm I'm sorry if that offends you. You know, that's... But but we kind of learn a little bit more about Jean-Luc um, as a character. You know, how does he reveal himself? And then when he is with Vosh, he says, well, no, I do care for you. And we can say that when, when we're together. But I, I just... That's because it's so special. I don't like to share it with it's other people. It's so secret double probation that I can't even talk about it with you. Well, I feel like there's a dichotomy between Cupid and like, uh, Menager Troy, because in Cupid, you see Picard, you can tell like he actually does have feelings for Vosh, like he, and he's forced to reveal it. Whereas Menager Troy, he obviously has no feelings for Loxana Troy and is forced <laughs> to play reveal it. And it's just funny seeing the oppositeness between those two. Oh, that's not true, I, uh, Darren. There is the line where, you know, where under duress, the, <laughs> under <laughs> duress. No, no, no. Where she's on the, tr- she's on no, the, no, no. I, she's I on the transporter pad and she looks at Captain Picard and says, why Jean-Luc? I never knew you. Or, or even, I can't remember the character's Such name. naughty thoughts. What to say. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have such thoughts. <laughs> so, so who knows? He obviously oh, had some sort of feelings for for Loxwana. Yeah, which which uh, and we we don't necessarily have to do this with every character, but you know, Vosh, much like Beverly, is is a, is a very attractive woman. So, so I, I could I could you know I I can definitely see Jean. We're not turning this so. into but, a but, rate the females of Star Trek. Guys, exactly. So. <laughs> well, well, we'll flip it around. We'll do Troy's romances next time and rate you know her hotties. Um, so you know how much. Oh, she does. All right, moving on. Um, I think Riker has that beat. Angel one, anyone? <laughs> it's true that's a cosplay that will not be done by any members of this oh, podcast it's either the most dedicated just, just, of fans just, or the most demented I'm laying down fans. that law I can't decide which okay so moving on to sort of our next category um, and this is sort of a trope 
that all the Star Trek series have done, and TNG did it the same. The whole, you know, old girlfriend of the captain, or or I don't did Cisco ever? Cisco never had an old. His wife died for an old wife too soon. (laughs) It was in the pilot. I mean, it was like pretty much the most traumatic. I know. Move on, Ben. Life. Jeez. Date the shuttle woman. Um, But anyway, she had a name. And then also, I guess Kathy never, because she had the Dear John. So I guess it was only Kirk and, Kirk and Picard that had this. Oh, so Archer did, though, right? He, was, he had a thing with, uh, with the lady of the Columbia. Cap- yeah. Columbia. Cap- I don't know if they were really a girlfriend. Well, they, they, well, were, they, a... they were boyfriend and girlfriend yeah. on the mountain, so I feel like... We... <laughs> I feel like that's an analogy <laughs> I should use in the future. <laughs> Um, but you guys anyway, on the mountains? So, <laughs> were you sorting through some post Cindy issues? If you know what I'm saying. No, um, no one knows what you're but, saying. But, the, <laughs> but Picard had his share of old girlfriends. Um, so, in, in no particular order, um, in the measure of a man, there was a you know someone with a pretty good, pretty awesome name, I think. Uh, Captain Philippa Louvois, um, who was the was judge advocate British officer, too? who <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Louvois. Yeah, and then she, now she was an interesting character. I mean, because um, she was like, "Dang, dang, you hot, Jean Luc." <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, well, hello, yeah, what? Yeah, What's where going was on here? the you know when she said "Ain't Love Grand"? Where was the um? I don't speak about these these types of things with my crew around. Uh, we need to be in private. That apparently he'd gotten over by then. Well, I, I, what do y'all like? Can any of you explain that relationship? Because I mean, this is what you, we know. Okay, so they, they, it's revealed that she court-martialed him, or was the prosecuting right. attorney when he was court-martialed for losing the stargazer, and somehow that led to her. Because then, like, he, I, he really has this kind of love-hate with I her. I got like, the feeling they I knew know, each other before to... that, though. Like maybe from like the academy okay. <laughs> or something, and then that's what kind of strained their friendship to the breaking point. The fact that, like, basically his pseudo-girlfriend court-martialed him and did her duty. <laughs> you know, everyone has ups and downs in their relationships. <laughs> you know, you want you prosecute someone for crimes. Well, you I just know, never date happens. anyone in JAG. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I think... You know, I mean, men, I think, should have that rule. You know, I don't think women should have that rule. Um, but, but it was interesting. I think that's actually the first TNG JAG officer... Or actually, the only JAG officer we ever saw in TNG, I want to say. I, I might think there wrong, might have been so. a TOS one. I can't... Well, no, I'm oh, saying TNG. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Wait, was there yeah, yeah. one in... There's one DS9. Was there one in... Um, was there not one in the drumhead? No, I guess not. I guess there wouldn't have been. No. They were just bad morals galore. <laughs> yeah, they were just a bunch of admirals. Huh? Yes. Well, there's the good moral. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say anything. <laughs> Well, he was not. He didn't have a SAG card. It's a long story. Um, uh, but so, well, Daniel. I mean, I know it's a, it's a one-off. What would you think of Philippa as 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 Jean Luc's? Because you know, we, we've talked about Measure of a Man being a good episode or great episode, really. You know, what would you think of that element? She's she's my number two pick for Captain wow. Picard. Yeah, I like her a lot. I thought that mm-hmm. their relationship she's was interesting. Turbo Lift Door Number Two. Exactly. Yeah. So she, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Battle Bridge Turbo Lift. Does she lead? Does she lead to your battle bridge? She, yeah. My battle bridge on the mountain. <laughs> um, 
I feel like the saucer separation is okay. All right, it's fire everything. All right, we're done. We're done. We're done. But, Troy yeah, but Philippa, Philippa. Uh, anyways, um, I, I like, you know, of course, you're right. It's a one off thing. We just get the one episode, even though it's a fantastic episode. But and that's kind of an element that's often forgotten about when you're, you know, when you bring up the measure of a man, it's usually obviously about Data or Riker or or, or Guinan or, or Picard. But it's never, you know, it's <laughs> never about Philippa. And, and I like that. I, I like the fact that she was like very strong in her beliefs. She was uncompromising. She was. You know, she was obviously shown to be a woman of character, and she she didn't put up with you know with Picard's BS. She was just like, no, this is you know this is how it is. And I I really thought you know as a strong woman, she she uh, she would have been really really good with Captain Picard. And I I wish we got to see her in some sort of recurring role. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. It's fine. But like I said, she's definitely my number two. Well, and I think she was in a unique role and. We'll go through this whole episode, but she, I think she's one of the few, if only people, that was on like an even keel yeah. with them because she was a captain too. You yeah, know? he he so, liked like, you know, her, but she could also you know, put him in his place, which was yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she had a lot of clout being stationed on that giant starbase that the <laughs> tiny Enterprise orbited. <laughs> Not bitter at all about that. But yeah, she, she was that very, a euphemism I, too? It's interesting because no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not the size of the space <laughs> time. Oh, All right, um, but it, I think you know because we've there's been talk on, the, on a lot of Trek FM shows about uh, female characters in Trek, and and you know I think it's it's certainly a criticism you can have of, of Trek, but but I think Captain Philip uh, or Captain Louvois, which how you call her, um, is actually a pretty strong character, like you said. I mean, again, it's only a one-off, but you know, I mean, she was almost like to the point of like smacking John Luke's butt as she walked <laughs> by him, you know. And he <laughs> liked it, you know. And to address that as well, because th- th- this whole conversation that. Tr- basically the whole Trek FM community has been having. We also had this conversation about um, Captain Garrett in yesterday's yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, she kind of channels a lot of Garrett. Who's also a fantastic character. These are, these are you know, two, two really strong women characters you only get in one episode. And, and frankly, the strength of their character almost outshines a lot of the series' regular female characters. So it's not that th- these writers didn't know how to do it. They did. They, they've They've shown that they could do it without even establishing the character. It's I don't know what it is. Maybe they just can't do it for a long period of time. Or, okay, this, this you know. well, it's easy for Rachel Garrett to outshine Picard because I mean, all that uplighting, it just it looks terrible <laughs> on his on his bald head. But I, you know, as a thought experiment, I would almost want to imagine what would Captain Philippa Lavoie look like if she was in command of the USS Voyager. I think she would be just as kick butt as Captain Janeway. Or perhaps even better. I didn't say that. <laughs> We're sorry to the journey. All the reviews. To the journey. <laughs> to the journey. <laughs> to the apology. All the views expressed in this Earl Grey podcast are not necessarily <laughs> of this podcast. I know. You know what? This You guys are trapping me because this is exactly the Ro Kira thing all over again. It's going to be Philippa versus Janeway. Neither, neither of them had romance with the card. Okay. I don't oh. care what Dan Fick you've written recently. Um, well, well, another one, eh, you know, probably, definitely, I don't think is as good, but we still have to mention it. Another past girlfriend is from "We'll Always Have Paris," Janice Mannheim. I think I can barely right. remember this character. Um, <laughs> 
or episode. A, well, do you have you ever heard the mamas and the papas? Uh, this was played by the younger member of the '60s group, Mamas that's and not, Papas, that's not Michelle helping. Phillips. <laughs> all the people, all the people. Oh man. Okay. Well, we'll have to listen to some classical music later then. But anyway, played by the very famous Michelle Phillips. Um, and this is the one. It's a very. It's a first season episode. Um, I believe first second, season. First yeah. season, I think. Um, and this is where there's weird time things going on. It's the one where data turns into like three oh, data. That's right. And that's right. To, yeah, I remember so, he's on and, the holodeck. And and this is one of those where, I, like, I watched it and it had been so long since I watched it, I almost felt like I had missed it the first time around. But <laughs> then it all came back to me. Well, that, this, this episode and this encounter has a very TOS element. Like, it does it remind does. me of, um, oh lordy, the salt vampires, not the yeah. man trap. Um, even though that's completely different, but it kind of has that whole old love who's married to someone else. You know exactly like. Um, that they, they, that was in, in the original series, but um, but it was you know again it's it's not great, but but it's there. So I mean that so waiter could have given Dinan to run for her money, but yeah. <laughs> he was put he was helping Picard out big time. You say it's and actually actually had a French. You say it's not uh, you say it's not great, Philip. But what I think you mean is it's probably one of the most forgettable episodes of the <laughs> entire series. <laughs> Like, literally, I'll, I've seen I'll this episode. I know I have, but I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. I just, it's okay. like, it's just one of those, and then, like, I'll watch it, and then, like, five minutes later, I won't even know what I just watched. It's just like, what? I don't care. Like, this was terrible. This was so boring. Like, I, I would be checking my phone halfway through. Like, I don't know. I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have anything to say well, about this woman because I, there's nothing memorable about her. I don't, I don't know. Well, well, I will Philip Buster this one then. Um, I think because if this and again this has a, a trope you'll see throughout TV and movies. This is because it's a story of like you know Jean Luc was was young and she was young and they were supposed to meet at this time at the it's at it's the Casablanca cafe. in space. And he, I mean, he, it really he, is. He didn't show up and she, you know and because he didn't wasn't he was afraid. I was afraid of how I wouldn't know about. Um, just yeah, act just out the, the, just... the episode for us, Philip, because we're we're gonna draw <laughs> <Exactly>. blanks. <laughs> it, well, it does have my favorite scene where, where she, she's like, you know, you know, what happened? Why weren't you there? And he's like, you know, I was I was just too afraid. And she's like, well, I didn't want the truth. He's like, oh, you want me to lie? Oh, um, I thought it was a Tuesday instead of a Friday. <laughs> um, I thought it was the other cafe, not this one. I was like, well, that's pretty funny. One. I like that. So it was it was, it was definitely of you know, for, if you're someone looking for a. A definitely interesting mature you know talking about 24th century values you know tw- how do you handle that situation when like someone who you the girl or the guy that got away is now married and you know how do you deal with that that's a good life situation it's a good life lesson tng but anyway so well <laughs> so everyone go watch that one again and, and tell us what you think well one episode that has three count them three women that we will now talk about is tapestry um, and so let's, let's, which this, this is literally John Luke's past. <laughs> um, and, and in case Daniel gets a little confused, this is tap history. <laughs> it's a Q episode. I know you're not it's always, the... Hey, I know <laughs> I, I can tell confused. tapestry, tapestry. I get every single time. I wonder if they purposely did not put a Q pun in because you would have seen it in like the opening bit and just be like, well, Q showing up. Because it's kind of advertising it. This one's going to be hilarious. Oh, he gets stabbed in the heart. Um, well, speaking of getting stabbed in the heart, here's the old girlfriend. Uh, again, was... Now, 
in the prime, if I can use such language, in the prime universe, they were just friends. But this was, and hopefully I'm not going to butcher this name, Marta Batantanese? And I'm probably in the Q, in the Q-verse. Yes. So it was just, you know, one of his friends um, after, you know, in the academy and they were waiting to be stationed as young ensigns. And then the, the guy um, who I didn't learn his name because that wasn't a romance, at least not in my universe. We'll check with Daniel later. Um, but when he went back to Tapestry and he's telling Q like, eh, well, I forget how it comes up, but like, you know, maybe I should have pursued that. And he ends up pursuing Marta uh, the second time around. So... Um, and I'm just going to hit all three women because that way. Whoa, I whoa, whoa, whoa. Philip, you're going to hit all three women? What the heck, man? The views and opinions of Philip Gilbert. <laughs> <you know, laughs> <like those. laughs> Daniel Prue and Darren Oh, Lord. Um, okay, so the, the second woman was nameless woman who threw the drink in John <laughs> Luke's face when he leaped into... Oh, wait, that's that's another that's another <laughs> series. Um, but anyway, when he showed up in the past, um, uh, there's that woman. And then there's Penny who he met later. And if you don't remember her, she's the handsome woman that also, I think, gets the drink thrown in John Luke's face. Maybe that's why so, he only drinks um, tea from that point forward. <laughs> That'd be like, I don't think Yeah, that might be much worse. Hot in his face. <laughs> now, now, Marta is the exception, but the other two women, Penny and, and the other nameless woman, they are a little bit, considering that he was an ensign just out of the academy, they're both a little seasoned, women that he's Considering going he, lo- he hasn't so. aged at all between that time as an ensign and now i mean look at him he looked exactly the same back in the past because then you compare that with marta who who was looked i don't know how old that actress was in real life but she looked like young 20s um so so what did you think about those any of those women um not like again we're not doing hotness scales but uh character wise so daniel we'll, we'll go you first uh you know i don't have anything to say about the about Penny and or her nameless sister or friend or whatever. Oh, because you're an ageist? <laughs> no, not at all. They just obviously didn't you know, occupy any interest. But... Not really in the episode. <laughs> um, you know, it was... Tapestry does so many things really fantastic. And this idea of... In your mind, people tend to romanticize things in their past and think what things could have been different. I could have been better. I could have changed and... And we see, like, I could have gone after this girl. That's what Picard's thinking. And ultimately, it doesn't, it leads him to a worse place with her, anyways, than he is, you know, now. And it's just like, uh, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, and the one weird thing about it is the fact that Patrick Stewart at this point is, I assume, close to 50 years old or, or thereabouts. And this woman is, is a, probably in her mid 20s, meant to be playing like a, 21 year old or however old you would be out of the academy so it's a little strange seeing them like snuggle and and stuff but (laughs) not as strange as seeing him snuggle with q no that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's hilarious but we'll get to that when we get to the q point the q (laughs) relationship no I, i like i liked her she was interesting and um I liked her just fine. I didn't have any problems with it. And it was, there was a really interesting plot point and an interesting story and a very important lesson, obviously that many important lessons that Picard learns in that, in that episode. And she just adds to the strength of, of the, the whole experience. But other than that, you know, it makes sense that she's just a, a one-off kind of a character. It would have been cool if like, and- which they didn't do, but cause tapestry is in season five or season six, I think. Um, 
if they like maybe had brought like an older actress later on, like she just shows up or something like that would have been interesting to see, I guess that would, and then maybe to see where their relationship would be. But, but you know, I don't mind her just being the, you know, just the woman in tapestry, the woman that got away or whatever. Now, I think there's an interesting question, Darren, because of the way, and I'm going to give you a headache here with time travel question. So what happened really then? Because did he mess up that relationship? No. For real? Because, you know, when he went back, he, you know, they slept together and then she's like, I don't know if we should have done that. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And he didn't change the the non-fixed point in time until later. So, like, does that mean that they didn't have a friendship in the or like, no, I, I think you know what he I'm restored the timeline because so he goes back in time and at least he's perceiving it. And then Q pulls him, you know, he makes a change. Q pulls him forward in the time. Now he's gone to the alternate 1985 with, uh, you know, blue shirt Picard. <laughs> and then, then of course he, ha- and yeah, you're right. He doesn't go back to fix it, but Q basically moves him back onto the prime track and you know where he's gotten stabbed and well actually he does no, he, he pulls him back to the past and then picard allows himself to be stabbed thus restoring the timeline i you see but he but he messed up their relationship though i don't see, i don't you see know, so. i don't even see that episode that way because uh, the way i look at it when i watch that episode is it's not an alternate timeline it's no. or, or it's not even it's more like this he, is your life it's exactly it's not even like he's bringing him back it's just this is exactly this is a it's like a pocket universe Jean-Luc do you recognize this voice from your past human like dog jot well to your point Daniel that you said about you know having this woman like show up again in the future what if we combine it with what we said earlier and instead of just this Marta that we don't know it is a young you know Philippa and we're like oh we know that, and we know that they didn't oh, get together. Oh, that would have been cool. But yeah. what would have been, and then she blue shirts him. So, <laughs> but, I like how that's the universe. Or, even better, they can both show up in the same episode, and they have to fight for Picard. Menage Picard. Ambo Jitsu. Women Ambo Jitsu. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, Lordy. Season nine. <laughs> season nine episode. <laughs> no, but but unfortunately it got canceled at season eight, so we never. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. Now, and this will come up later, but but I, I'm let's you know bookmark this point that Picard likes older women because this will come up later. Um, but but it is interesting because this is a life lesson apparently from Tapestry. Sometimes it's fine if you're friend zoned. <laughs> that's true. It's that's true. Be. You don't I mean it's... You don't have to, and not everything. Guys, you can be friends with a girl. <laughs> All right. Well, Picard gives you no. lots of lessons. I mean, it's almost as if we should have an episode just called Lessons. <laughs> it's an episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. All right. And we're going to get to it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was called a prompt so segue next- there, Philip. No. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm just reading from the auto cue here. Q. Um, so Q. next is, is the... Uh, <laughs> Next is the the, 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 the just literal one-off uh, romances. You know, it's episode of the week, romance du jour for the captain. So since, Darren, you, you've mentioned it, yes, lessons with Lieutenant Commander Darren. Darren, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, actually, I, I, what is her first name? I, I've actually uh, forgotten. So someone can scramble looking at that while I vamp here. Um, but anyway, for those who, who don't remember Nella. the episode, this is the... Uh, 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 Nella, yep. 
Nella. Nella. Nella okay. Wafer. Um, this is where this is a season seven. Am I yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Episode. Um, and this is where Jean-Luc, who apparently doesn't know any of his crew, um, meets the new science officer. Hey, it's a big ship, okay? Se- thousand people. Well, no, they mention it. They mention, didn't I, they mention that she was just transferred? Yeah, yeah, she yeah, was transferred. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't know any of his officers. <laughs> um, well, I think, it's, like me, I just kind of ignore blue shirts. Uh, you know, they're not in his friend circle on his <laughs> communicator plan, so he doesn't obviously you know, meet them. <laughs> on his LSARS Plus. <laughs> Is that what it is? It's, they're not um, as friendly. But this is the new side. It's friendly. <laughs> oh, oh friendly. Uh, I love that episode after Fresta Faux World. Um, but this is uh, the, the science officer he meets, and they, they hit it off through tea, apparently. And music. Um, and, and music. And, and then at the end... She risks her life during a mission, and she beams back heroically at the last moment. Actually, like five minutes after the last moment, if I you remember correctly. probably thought she was dead. Um, I'm just going to stare at this transporter pad and wait for something <laughs> to happen. Oh, look, there she is. Um, and he realizes, oh, maybe I shouldn't be dating someone in my own crew. So, um, well, Darren, since it's your namesake, what do you think? Yeah, no, this is it's a good episode. I mean, we, we like you said, we talked about the lesson of changing the past and would it be better but this one really has a very strong message of don't date within the workplace uh especially if you're the commanding officer and but you know besides that point i think you know she seemed really well suited to him you know and again it just it reiterates the difficult problem of just dating while you're in starfleet you don't know if you're going to get posted on another ship you don't know you know you're in dangerous situations and you know, it's very hard for captains to, you know, to have relationships just overall. I mean, that's true in the in the current military, let alone the 24th century. Uh, that we have much stronger fraternization policies. Than the <laughs> that's true. Century. I mean, uh, it's not the prime directive, but it's 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 a way stronger. <laughs> but uh, but I liked her as a character. I think, you know, the the tie ins the continuity <laughs> tie-ins with, you know, the piano and the inner light suite and that beautiful rendition we get. I mean, we all enjoy the inner light, you know, the music. Some from of it. us. Well, okay. We enjoy the music from it, but it's, we all enjoy the but music it's not really it. until this episode where you hear that beautiful, like duet version. And that's just such a great, a great tie-in. So I think she, I think she suits Picard well, but unfortunately, you know, they, they just didn't, want to go that direction with his character well and a good frere jacques callback too yes um so so daniel what'd you think of darren i mean not the character because we don't want to talk about darren (laughs) what'd you think about the time that picard dated darren (laughs) i mean (laughs) oh where do i start okay so there's going to be a big revelation here First of all, Uh-oh. Philip, I don't want you to. T- I was going to say I don't want you to take this personally, but after that comment about the blue shirts, I don't care if you take this personally. <laughs> Philippa is my number two, and and Commander Darren is actually my number one pick for Captain Picard. I love oh. this character. I think she's fantastic. Philippa is a very uh, uh, bold and 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 brash and in your face kind of character. She brings out. She brings out those kind of those leadership qualities in Picard. Um, Commander Darren is someone I think Picard could fall in love with. Like, not that he couldn't yeah. with Phil, but I'm just saying, like, she emotionally makes him happy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. She brings out a side of Picard that we don't often get to see, 
and and that's what scares him obviously in the episode and that's what that's what kind of makes her leave unfortunately i i wish we got to see, uh, to see this character more i think she's fantastic i think that episode to me it's it's one of my favorites of that whole season season 6 and I I just I don't have anything bad to say about Commander Darren. I actually like I said I actually could see this if they were if they wanted to continue on. I know they just it, it would have made more sense and I, I will I will throw this bone at those people who who criticize TNG for this. I would have liked to have seen the Commander Darren thing been like a multi multi episode thing. Because like just mm-hmm. it's it feels a little contrived and a little obvious and and convenient that as soon as they meet, then they have the like a, a week later they and they have this mission that she just happens to be a specialist for and has to go down and do this. Like it would have been nice if like we saw over a couple of episodes, which is something they didn't do. I understand that, but I you know it would have been nice over a couple of episodes they build that that relationship and really we're starting to feel it, and then. Picard has this revelation. And he says, "I don't know if I could do this. Like, this is this is too." The episode works. Don't get me wrong. I love the episode, but it would have been uh, that much stronger, I think. But anyways, nothing bad to say about Commander Darren. Another blue shirt. We need more blue shirts. She's she's my number one pick for sure. <laughs> she's my number one. <laughs> um, well, I think one thing. You know, cause I haven't seen this episode recently, and I'm, I'm sure I will because I'm about to start the later seasons now. But one thing I remember that was like the awkward thing, not just about the end, but like how the other crew had to react. Like I think there wasn't there something between her and Riker where like she wanted to use like a ship's power system, and he's like, "Well, do I say no to the ball?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or... yeah. Riker comes into the ready room and he says, "You know, I'm a, I'm a little uncomfortable with this whole thing," and. To continue the Vosh point from before about how Picard doesn't talk about anything, like they're like making out in the turbo lift or whatever, and then some random crewman walks in. And, and he just like, stands there like, <laughs> crewman, commander. <laughs> and then it's like when she leaves, she's like, okay, where were we? She's like, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just Vosh that he's a little uncomfortable with, you know, but it's, it's funny. Well, yeah, yeah, and... And I, I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll save this till after. But but it is interesting about you know we kind of talk about just the people, but there's maybe something more to talk about about just John Luke in and of himself and how he relates to romance. Well, let's, let's move on to two because there's actually a few more here. Um, someone who would meet Captain Picard later, though not in Star Trek, is Kamala from The Perfect Mate, aka <laughs> Jean Grey. Uh, so I don't know for folks who remember this one. Um, I just watched. So this would have been season five. I'm pretty sure. Um, this is uh, where it's basically she's sort of this person who's who's been uh, brought up on the planet just to be the gift um, or the 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 mail order bride, if you will, for this warring leader of another planet to make peace. And she, but but she she's a isomorph i may be making up that word but some word like that where she she any man well it's, i don't know if it's man or woman or anyone but we'll just say man um that she's around she kind of you know kind of absorbs what they want and what they need and 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 it's not until she'll eventually bond with that one person and then spoiler alert she ends up bonding with picard even though he tries to avoid being around here and so but then he she, she, she has to go do her duty and and marry the guy who really doesn't care about her so so it was sort of an interesting, because again, there's more of that awkward, you know, again, this is definitely a dichotomy of how would Kirk handle this or how would, you know, any of the other ones about, you know, it's basically like 
maybe a little extreme, but it's like an Oregon slave girl, like we saw in Enterprise, who just like captivates every. I mean, this is this is the episode where Riker's like, "I'll be in holodeck three. <laughs> and if we remember, there. like, to be fair, Riker exactly. is always in holodeck three, so we just don't ever see that, you know. It's the Riker, and, and Riker also has that line. Um, it's was it. It's always been my policy not to open another man's gift. <laughs> that's why. Right. <laughs> right, that's right. Which is totally a lie. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it it's interesting that you bring it up because, like, it's very it's it's very specific in that episode. She is designed to please people. That's what that's what her whole purpose for being is. So I don't I don't even consider her. And she definitely tries. To, she doesn't try. She appeals to. To Picard's intellectual side, like that's that was that was when he started to crack, was when she started talking about like archaeology and stuff like that, and and um, so she knows what she's doing. But I, I don't even consider it a legitimate relationship, only because that's what her that's her function. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I was on the ship, like I'd be the first guy in line. Uh, um, what is her name? I can't even remember her name. No, Kamala. her uh, the real name. Her real name. Like Kamala Oh my goodness, what the heck is her name? Well, oh, Fomke Johnson or whatever it is, because um, she is, you know, just a, an, you know, an incredible woman. But it to me, it's just like it's not a real relationship. They never, it wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? It was, it was an interesting source of conflict, right? But, eh, you know, I, I like the episode, but it's it's fine. I'm I'm okay with just forgetting about it afterwards. What I liken it to is she's basically Picard's minuet because just how minuet like tailored herself to Riker, you know, through the program and even kind of a bit to Picard, she, you know, you know, Kamala knows how to become the perfect person for Picard. I have to correct you though. um, And this makes it a little creepier, but it wasn't minuet that tailors herself to Riker, it's the binars that Taylor Minuet so for Riker. She's, so. she's <laughs> the binar counterpart to, uh, for Picard. You know, the binars know what a man wants. <laughs> and it's a, a lot of ones and zeros. Um, well, you know, it's interesting because the artificial, like this is, this is an interesting, well, it could be a controversial episode because like, and Beverly makes this point in the episode, like, is she like a prostitute or, you know, what, what is, does she have free will? You know, are we like sending her, like selling her, you know, what, but, but there's also this artificial, what you said, Daniel, you know, is this a real relationship or not? Because not only does she, um, you know, been, you know, become what a man wants, but she's also putting out all these pheromones, so guys are falling over her. So there's kind of a whole artificiality to it, and and you know there's there's certainly you know I you know is there criticism like the ultimate woman who be whatever you want and not what she, you know forget about her personality, and so it, it definitely is kind of kind of creepy in a way. But for but I do have to say the episode I think it works. Yeah, I think if you watch it, it does it doesn't. You know, when I describe it, it definitely sounds creepy and weird. But but I when know, I say I it out loud, it, for, it totally herself. creeps myself out. But you know, watching it, mm-hmm. well, she sticks up for herself because she 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 definitely says, you know, it's a duty. It's like a duty thing, which is ultimately is kind of what she gleans from Picard that the reason she's going to leave him and be with this guy is because of his sense of duty is what she's picked mm-hmm. up. Yeah, and she also knows how to growl at Worf. So there's that. <laughs> It's Worf, is this what you call sex? <laughs> this is alien to me. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, we'll do Worf's romances. Oh, okay. God. Because I, I, know, I know Daniel wants to host that. Really, I really don't. <laughs> of Skeletor. Um, okay, I, we'll try to finish up here. We've got two more here. Um, the next is Anish, if I'm saying that correctly, from Star Trek Insurrection. Because that has that great line, when Picard finds out what age she is, he says, oh, I'm sorry. I have to warn you, I've always been attracted to older women. So, that's why it's a callback to Tapestry. So, um, for folks who, and I don't know why you want it, for folks who don't remember this one, this why is um, this where, one where is he, in he beams movie. down. <laughs> exactly. Beams down to the planet, meets meets her. She turns out to be, I forget how old she actually is, you know, hundreds of years old. Um uh, because of the the effects of the planet makes everyone you know age slower, and so they they have their little perfect moment and on the mountain. Then Picard um, puts his foot in his mouth it. and he says, "And I suppose you're 102." And he's like, "No, I'm 11." You pompous. <laughs> and apparently, he's going to s- s- use all his shore leave on her. So there you go. Ugh. I don't know we never see it. Picard's, you know, really. Oh, we don't see it in Nemesis. Is that what you're saying? That's <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> because Nemesis I, is a better film. I don't know. This felt like we didn't. I don't feel we really needed this in the Star Trek universe. Like, I don't need one more pseudo conquest on Picard's, you know, Picard maneuver belt. It's just. Picard maneuver belt. <laughs> well, the belt around his episode title. There it is, Picard maneuver belt. <laughs> but it's very elastic. It is. It is. But I don't know. It just and it seems so strange because then again, like only a few films later, do we have, um, you know, he actually is reconnecting. It seems more like with Beverly and I don't. I don't know this. Which film later? There's one film I know, later. And that's I know, it. but I don't know. You just got the feel feeling that that they had kind of they had put it to rest, but at least the crew is together. And if and it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like Deanna was going to marry War for anything. You know, it's like they had kind of like put to rest where everyone was going to end up. And then this just kind of seemed like this last minute curveball they threw in. Okay. All right, Daniel. About your favorite film. So I know. I mean, you've you've already. What, what do you have to say about this? This great. I think he said it already with that yarn. <laughs> well, look, I, I I do try to avoid saying controversial things here on. Uh, I don't like to stir the pot a lot, but there are two like immediately boring races to me that always come up when I think of Star Trek. I'm not going to name one of them because I'm going to get myself in trouble, but it's a pretty significant race. Um, and the second is the Baku and they're both boring for the same reasons. Gazoo these... type. <laughs> you mean the Sona? No, Cause they're, no, they're the, the same, same race, but they're boring because they're, they're they're I don't even know. They just, they just sit on their planet and they play soccer and they just paint on the wall. I, I don't understand what these people do. They have, Wait, you're saying they're it's friends. future hawk, you know, hacky sack. Not I don't know. Good. I just I don't, these people. They all wear the same color clothing, and they just these people, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> these people you're turning into Oasis, Wesley. <laughs> Let me guess. You'd like to move them off the planet oh. too, wouldn't you? And they're so like, it's like sanctimonious, and, and oh, you think you're oh god. I I can't, I'm sorry. They, Insurrection. They can't be bothered to learn how to swim. It's erection is just, it's just waiting for the white it's time. Just, 
Anyways, um, she's a boring member of a very boring race of people. And I have no interest in this woman. Apparently, she develops time-stopping powers, which might have been useful any other time in the movie. But but no, you have to believe. Like maybe when they were beaming off members of her (laughs) planet, you know, and she wanted to, like, save them. Then it would be a great time to hold on to that moment. But no, (laughs) we got to see this hummingbird do its thing. Oh no! You have to you have to use the power of imagination in order to. Well, I mean, if we used a ship of imagination, <laughs> well, never mind. That's that's something else. Well, well, I I, I actually I think because you know one thing that TNG didn't do in its films, and I don't think TOS did. I'm not counting JJ. Um, like there wasn't like the force we have to have a romance in this movie. Like there's you know there's none generations, there's none first contact, there's none nemesis. I mean there's a wedding, but you know there's none nemesis. And then even in the uh, original movies, I mean they don't really force Kirk to have romance. I mean like Ford is not. It's more of a friendship with the with the citation lady. I mean there's no really, you, and Carol Marcus, but I mean that's more of like an do you old forget? Romance, are you forgetting so. the undiscovered country? Oh, when it, with himself. <laughs> what is what is the uh, what's the line? Bones. It's, it's Marta. Bones yeah, yeah, yeah. says to him when, when when she kisses him on the bunk. Oh, why? What is it with you? That's what he's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But but I don't know. Bones I, is I, finally out of this. I, I, <laughs> I enjoyed Anish. I think she was she was definitely a, more of a, 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 a you know because because he's had intellectual and, and adventurous. This is more of sort of the spiritual. You know and, what it is. And, I'm and sorry, Philip. I don't. I don't. <laughs> made, it made him dance the salsa. I don't mean to interrupt you, but you know what it is. These guys are hipsters, man. Like they're <laughs> they're too cool for school. Like they, they. Oh man, we don't even use our cell phones. We just hang out and we, we once just... traveled among the stars, but <laughs> before it was cool. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> That's and then it. We don't. We don't do it anymore. The our kids play in hate. <laughs> the Baku are the hipsters uh, of Star Trek, and and that's why they're infuriating to me. They, they so are. It's so true. <laughs> okay. Well, let me finish this up with one more relationship that doesn't make any sense from the Inner Light. Um, Aline. Uh, this it is the woman the downloaded that, like wife like that doesn't even count. Yes, it's not even when him. he leaps into the past. And, oh, again, wrong. That's another series. Um, yeah, when when he when he yeah his inner light he goes into this past planet and oh I'm I'm married with this woman. Let's see who I've never met. So the the, the what I should do is not tell her hey I'm sorry I'm not your husband you know I'm sorry I'll go live someplace else. He's like I'll live with you and have children with you. The normal response. Well, they do flash so. forward, like, and fast forward through his life pretty quickly. I mean, I, you can tell that that's the beginning, but then after probably, you know, five years or so, and where else is he going to live? Like, he needs money. He, Everyone thinks he's this person. So what he's going to do, he's going to be like, I'm just going to, I'll sleep with this woman because I have to. Because it's the polite. It's thing the polite. I mean, is that, that's what you're arguing, people. That's what you're arguing. That's that's not the argument. It's exactly what Darren just said. Is it's just like after five years, you're no longer stranger. She's no longer just a. Why is he still in that house? Why is he? Well, where's he going to go? He doesn't know anybody. Where's he going to go? It's like literally you get go with this friend on this village. He's made up that, friend, and everyone with believes you're so and so, and no one and everyone. Why, every why day is of the, your life tells you you are this person? And why is going with his friend to that to Picard at that moment any more preferable to going with a girl living living a lie? He would be living a lie with his friend too. That's not his friend either. 
Well, he's not having to be in love. You know, this woman who's in love with you, you're not like, I'm not your husband, but I'll still be around you. I assume the writers conveniently let you... fast forwarded through those turbulent years where he has to <laughs> wrestle with that, I guess. Well, yeah, it is. Well, he, it does. We need to have an inner light conversation, which we will do, but that's, right. <laughs> that's not the point. So what would what, you all, I mean, because she, she was obviously the, the sort of fantasy, you know, because again, Jean-Luc. I'd say um, more hallucinations, fifth, but. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But the whole, this fifth season, um, you know, the whole Jean-Luc, you know, I don't like children and, you know, obviously never had settled down. And Did you um, forget we, you to know, wear more... your gun protector? <laughs> the only line I remember in like whole episode. <laughs> yeah. And then the horrible makeup, but anyway, but um, yeah. So I mean, what, Daniel, I, what, you know, what, obviously, I guess you're a fan of of just you know marrying and having children with strange women. What do you no, think? Of her? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, and, and in fact, I'm not as I like I like the episode. I understand why it's important, and I understand why it's so popular. And um, but I don't understand a lot of the criticism that's levied against it, only because in my mind, I think of it as a holodeck program. That's what I think of it as like people are like, did he travel back in time or like was he supposed to be filling somebody else's shoes? Like to me, no, this is like a very carefully crafted story to download. Yes. For whoever encounters the probe. So it's like it, 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 it brings you step by step through these processes so he can learn the culture and he can learn with everybody that went through who was living on this planet. So um, but as far as the relationship goes, it, she she was fine. Um, it, it, I, I didn't care too much about her. She's not the focus of the story or anything. Um, it's obviously all about Picard, and and he learns. And obviously, though, to be fair, he does. He he holds on to those memories, like we mentioned, through the movies, even because we see. So so you're saying when he's playing that flute with Lieutenant Commander Darren, that his dead wife from the past. <laughs> Gave him well in a, in a sense with his new girlfriend. In a sense, I, I certainly think that's true. Yeah. Okay. You know, you get you maybe laugh though, uh, Daniel, because you were talking about you know this is downloaded into whoever discovers it, and I instantly thought of, okay, from the Star Trek episode Allegiance, Essek, the what if he on his little ship came along and then gets hit by this probe? I could just imagine him standing in the room. And it's like, what is going? I just killing the entire village, <laughs> and he just and he just lives. I'm figuring out he can't eat the food. Yeah, and he just lives the whole life. And at the end, it's like, well, you totally effed up this program. We're sorry, and <laughs> here you go, back to your ship. And then he like destroys it with a torpedo. Like, uh, that's a very Star Wars, I think, story. So. The safeties are on, Darren. You can't do that. <laughs> Oh goodness! Well, we've we've been talking a while here, and I think there's probably could talk a lot more about you know because you know the Picard is a character. Why why can't he settle down? Why does he always you know go from woman to woman when he has the woman staring him at the face every time he goes for his annual checkup? But um, yeah, but but uh, but Picard's romances aren't the only thing we've been talking about here on Trek.fm. Here's what else you may have missed on the network this week. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. <laughs> DC The genes and everybody saw what she could do, and they allowed her to transcend the role of secretary, much much as Peggy in Mad Men. Earl Grey. Saucer separation. And usually it's it's said very dramatically. 
The star drive section only? <laughs> what? Like they left half the ship? Where is it? Uh, the other half will come on Tuesday. Could it be in a pocket dimension? I don't even know. You left space dock without a saucer? The ready room. Hold on. Jerry Taylor wrote the book on Janeway. Literally, she wrote the book on Janeway and she reinforced that ideal and that history and even made mosaic canon because she could. The orb. Imagine an Abelsverse DS9. I feel like that would be the arc of the first season. Would be, what are the wormhole aliens? Are they aliens? Are they gods? You know, are they, they smoke powers? monsters? Are they smoke monsters? Is that them around the corner there? Why is there a polar bear on the station? <laughs> to the journey. Top five Voyager action sequences. Of course, I want you to do your Kate Mulgrew impression of her last words in the episode. <laughs> Time. That has to be your best one yet. Oh, thank you. Warp 5. Romulans on Enterprise. I think even in Kirshara, the the Romulans might be thinking, like, we need to infiltrate the Vulcans. We need to bring them back to our side so we can nip this in the bide and make sure that this growing alliance doesn't happen. Commentary, Trek stars. Nemetric Part 1, Trek. This is actually the one episode where I enjoy Neelix when he's being annoying. But then also, uh, he gets a little something-something with the Klingon ladies. <laughs> Melodic tricks. Because it is literally these two sips playing hide-and-seek in the nebula, but all the way through the music is, is, is there. It, it's, it's keeping you rooted to the, what's going on, and it's just a major and integral part of what is going on on the screen. Literary tricks. Bones chooses a, about being either a healer or a Starfleet officer. And he chooses in this situation to be a Starfleet officer. And it kind of... not easily. No, 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 no. Easily no. Oh, no, no, not at all. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And we certainly would appreciate any feedback anyone has about Picard's romances, but we also want to recognize some feedback we got from one of our listeners from one of our previous episodes. Um, and I, and I, uh, It's a foreign name. It's Canadian. So I apologize if I mispronounce it. But well, this is from Jamie Duce or Deuce. I, I, I don't know how to do the U and the C. I'm sorry. Um, but we appreciate it. Jamie, she sent us, or he, uh, see, I don't even know if it's a he or she. No, it's so terrible. <laughs> um, Jamie sent us an email that said, um, uh, I just finished listening to the episode about Data trying to be human. And you guys mentioned that Picard could have retired as an admiral behind a desk. Actually, Q took Captain Picard back in time one final time, and he became Professor Charles Xavier. And the reason he got a wheelchair um, bound is because of his crippling age. So, see, we already talked about Jean Grey this episode, too. So, there's, it's a full circle. It's a full circle, Jamie. So, we, we definitely appreciate that feedback um, through email. But uh, there's also other ways that you can contact us. Um, you can just go to trek.fm slash contact, and from there, choose the form uh, that says send to show and select Earl Grey. Uh, these messages will be emailed to the three of us, and you can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page on trek.fm to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone, which we've never gotten one, so we'd love for you to be our first. 
The conversation is always going on with our podcast crew and other listeners in our forums section at trek.fm slash forums. And finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Well, before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each and every week. And our sponsor for this show is audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the pr premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers to include Star Trek The Next Generation titles such as Reunion, narrated by Gates McFadden, and The Valiant, narrated by TV's Giles, Anthony Stewart Head. Audible has something for everyone. And as a Trek.fm listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today and catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've had yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek.fm. And lastly, there's a way you can help us directly to support Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's by adopting some cool-looking alien illustrations. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tobu Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on trek.fm. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which alien you would like and in which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. Well, guys, uh, it's been great talking about Picard's romances. Um, you know, he never could settle down. Um, I wonder if that flute playing, he did a lot of time with that. Maybe that would explain it. But in any case, I'm going to go off to a mountain right now, and um, we'll uh, explore some other subjects later. Make it so. Engage. Live long and prosper. Fire. Fire.